0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now.
0: Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. It is a freaking Friday. We're getting down. We got so much stuff on board for today. I know I say that every day because I actually mean it, but we got something super, super in store for you all. It's going to be really great. Uh, If you're a true Atlanta fan, a true, true Atlanta fan, You'll understand exactly why this is a special one for, we got for you today. But first of all, I just want to start off by saying thank you for a- making ATL Day 1 your first listen of the day. And I also want to let you know, and we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your, your podcast, make sure you give us a five-star review so all your friends, your mama, your cousin, your auntie, and your uncles <laughs> can find out about us. That's the only way. Or you can just simply do it like the old-school way. Just give them a phone call and say, hey, <laughs> ATL Day Ones, is the ish. Y'all need to check them out. That's all you got to <laughs> do. It's not that hard. All right, coming up, the breaks. Oh, man, they're still doing their thing. Dansby's <laughs> doing his thing. Max Fried is doing his thing. Oh, my God, we got to talk about that. And the special guest that we're talking about, Harry Douglas. Former Atlanta Falcons is going to join us in the next segment, so stick around for that. And last but not least, and for the culture, Snoop out here hiring folk to roll up his blunts. If you don't know what a blunt is, stick around. We'll tell you exactly what it is. But T, last night, (laughs) the Pittsburgh Pirates take that L to the home team. The Atlanta Braves 3-1, to Max Free, six innings. He only gives up one run, gave up eight hits. But he was able to figure out how to get out of that thing. Eight strikeouts. Man, it was just a a, a sight to see. Like, to see Max Free get on the mound. It's almost kind of like you got that confidence like, yeah, this yeah. is our ace. Yeah. They don't have a chance. I, was, yeah. I don't know about you, but I was loving it last
1: night. Oh, yeah. I was really excited. But like I said yesterday, they're the type of team that does give teams fits. Did I think that the Braves were going to pull it out? Absolutely. But did right. I think they could give some trouble? That, too. So the the most encouraging thing for me last night in Max Fried's start was getting out of jams because you're not going to always have an amazing six innings or like we saw from Kyle Wright, an amazing eight innings. Sometimes it's going to be like we saw from a both where it's a little shaky to begin, right? He gets in a jam in the first inning, gets in a jam in the third inning, but what does he do? He gets out of the jam. And like you said, eight hits, but hey, you got eight strikeouts. So that's a right. beautiful thing. And you gave you you kept the Pirates at bay just enough just Mm -hmm. enough for your bats to come through and bring it home and you didn't need much but those three runs you got were critical and once again you got the defense that you needed as well so we got yet another all-around yet another complete performance from this brave squad
0: and also got to give kudos to the law firm Smith Mentor and Jansen you know anytime you need them just give them a call they'll just come on right in it was just Last night, like they didn't yeah. put up the those. That was the type of games that I really like. You know, I, yeah. of course, I love them yeah. putting up twelve runs and the game being right. out of hand by the seventh, eighth inning then they kind of cruising to cruising to a win. But sure. it is cool to see, you know, the, those the, that back end of that, you know, the bullpen or yeah. the night shift, so to speak. come in and kind of do the thing will smith comes in he doesn't worry you to death and Mm -hmm. and have seven men on base and trying to figure out with with no outs (laughs) trying to figure out how to get out of the inning and you have aj mentor come in and then Kimmy jansen starting to get back on track it is just it seems like just a lot of things are starting to really work for this team t and when you have a team like this going eight eight wins in a row man look out
1: bro yeah i i absolutely love it because again we can all say oh yeah that's an easy team to beat if it's a diamondbacks or the rockies or the pirates or whomever but you still have to get on that baseball field and you still have to beat those teams and the braves have done that they understood they understood the assignment and they completed the assignment so yeah very very exciting to see what we saw out of them and just looking forward to them keeping the momentum because listen it is fun for us to be able to say Braves is still undefeated in June we love
0: yes, it yes yes absolutely the Braves are still undefeated in June and I'm the one that started that here we started that here on yeah. this show yeah. so yeah give if credit. you want to take it give us our <laughs> doggone credit and what we're going to do next though We're going to give credit to Mr. Harry Douglas. He's going to join us right here on ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tanitra. We got so much good stuff. Don't go anywhere. This is Locked On Sports Atlanta.
1: Welcome back to ATL Day 1s. I am Tanitra Batiste. That's my boy Jarvis Davis. And we appreciate you guys rocking with us as always because of you, we are almost to 2,000 subscribers on this Locked On Sports Atlanta network. So just continue subscribing. Tell a friend about us. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you like and whatever place you go to check out podcasts on audio side, make sure you give us a five-star review. Why? Because we can bring people like Harry Douglas through and you know you want to hear from <laughs> the boy. He is hanging out with us. Listen, let me tell you, I can give him his kudos and his props for being an NFL star wide receiver with the Falcons as well as the Titans. I can give him his props for being an amazing ESPN college football analyst. I can give him his props for being Jonesboro high school's finest. I can even give him props for being one of six coaches who is a Bill Walsh fellow with the Atlanta Falcons. But you know what? I really want to give him props for being a supporter of Jarvis and I from day two. One Jarvis and I, of course, started out, and we'll talk a little bit about this and get into it in a minute because we've got lots to talk about with Harry, but one of the most important things for us has been his support when we venture out into things like doing college football analysis ourselves. Nobody has stood up longest and hardest for us than Harry. So Harry, our brother, our friend, our mentor, welcome to the show.
2: But thank y'all. I I, I should have got on here a long time ago, but y'all know how crazy my schedule is. Yeah. But the most the most important thing is that I'm on here now and y'all know how much I love y'all yeah. and will support y'all in everything that y'all do. And this is not going to be my only time on here now. I want to oh, no. be on even more. am coming back now. Because <laughs> I, I love what y'all are doing. I, uh, from day one, I have, from going back to the days of us sitting at Mercedes Benz Stadium, yeah. talking through games, stuff that's going on through the Falcons games and uh, I, I just adore y'all, man. Y'all mean a lot to me. Yeah, absolutely. Brother.
1: And listen, we had a chance to at least dap you up and get some love going on last week at the open practice for the Falcons, yeah. and I got to see your mini me, adorable as she is. So it was really <laughs> nice to put a name to to a face to a name because, of course, we talked about it. I've heard so much about the beautiful Harrison. So good to get to meet her as well. But one thing we wanted to talk about too, because it's so powerful. When you see teams like the Falcons actually not just speak about it, Harry, but be about it. And that is really paying attention and kind of leaning into supporting diversity efforts for the league, like calling up and just really being supporters of that Bill Walsh program. So I want to take you back to that day. Tell us how that was for you to get that call to let you know that you were selected to be a fellow.
2: Well, I'll tell you, first, I missed the call because I was on the airplane. Of course. Of course. (laughs) I I, I missed the airplane. I mean, the call because I was on the airplane. I was heading to Vegas to do the draft with ESPN. Okay. uh, I had Wi-Fi on my phone. I started looking at my emails and text messages. And I was like, oh, no, I got it. I got it. I got the internship. And and I'll tell you why it was so important to me. Uh, I was a player coach on the football field. And you know, only up, up until so much as a player, because you can't see the behind the scenes thing that mm-hmm. coaches and uh, general managers and owners and team presidents and, and whatnot, and everyone goes through. Uh, but being able to be able to sit in there and staff meetings, offensive staff meetings, mm-hmm. um, the entire coaching staff with the general manager, Terry Fontenot, those staff meetings, those things have, have been delightful for me to be able to understand how coaches, um, how they think what they go through the decisions they have to make and not just coaches general managers as well in the organization but sitting in the offensive meetings like every day that i'm allowed to go up there because i'm only doing it when i'm not working because i am full-time with espn now um so if it's four days i'm not working it's four days i'm at the complex if it's three it's I'm i'm up there three days so do i have any time off no but it's a blessing to be able to sit with sitting there with offensive coaches and understand how they game game plan understand what they're seeing defensively understanding how they co- they correlate plays runs and passes together mm. so that has been very eye-opening for me and then you have so many people in there with so much experience and you just want to learn and you want to gobble so much information up and I'm in there writing notes every single chance that I get asking questions I even go to the defensive side talk to DP mm. talk to his son talk to the DB coach coach hope talk to those guys and see what they're thinking um and what their mindset is on when they see certain splits formations and uh what the corner and the secondary is thinking their checks so that's been a blessing for me as well yes harry
0: one thing the one thing that i've always admired about you man is just your work ethic dog like that like i understand i fully understand why you able to accomplish what you've been able to accomplish so far man and i just want to just give you a props bro because a lot of times you know Sometimes guys get a little a little prideful and don't want to say the words. out. They know it, they feel it, but they never say it out loud. So I just want to go ahead and say that. But, um, mm-hmm. but man, I think – I know a lot of times every year it seems like we're always talking about diversity and why they aren't able to get those black yep. head coaches or, or offense coordinators aren't mm-hmm. necessarily getting a job. Eric, Eric Menem, he seems like he's been a quote-unquote hot candidate every year. Yep. So um, how important for you – how, is important, how important for you to, to understand, like, how important it is for you to get these opportunities because the league is 75% black. It yeah. should be some type of pathway to, to, the, to, the, to get to a head coach, like a hardcore pathway. Okay, if you go this route, you should be able to be a head coach one day if you so choose. How important is that to you um, personally, and how important do you think it is for some of your colleagues, you know, to get into, try to get into programs like these?
2: Well, first, I think it's very important, uh, because simple fact that uh, when you get these opportunities, the first thing I want to point out is that you got to take them seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just go up there. Hey, I may know this person. So I'm gonna jack around and, and, and do my thing. No, you got to put your all into it. I wake up at 4 a.m. every day. I wake up at 4 a.m. every single day so I can start to get my mind right. And I head to the complex. I leave my house about 5 a.m. to head to the complex. Mm-hmm. And. Not necessarily because I want to be the first person there or the second person there, but I want to get my mind right. And especially, like, say I missed the day before. I would go in there probably about 4.45 or 5 so mm-hmm. I can get all the information that I missed the day before so when I'm relaying information to the players, I know what the hell I'm talking about.
1: Yes. You know right, what I mean? Exactly.
2: So that, that's another thing. You, you, A lot of people got to understand when you want to do things like that, um, you have to do things differently. You can't yeah. show up at the time that everybody else is showing up, right? You've got to get in there early. Um, you got to reach the plate, but you got to ask questions. Yes. Because when we're doing these internships, we don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I would say I've noticed, um, not just, not with the Falcons, but throughout the NFL is that uh, people of, of, of people minorities, they have to stop wanting to just be a receiver coach or wanting to just be yeah. a DV coach, right? They got to branch out and enhance things. This is one of the things me and Arthur Smith talked about. He's mm-hmm. like Harry, listen, uh, I want to get with you, and I want to get want you to get with coaches as well, so you can learn the ins and outs of the offensive line and what they're doing. And mm-hmm. At some point, go over to the defensive side of the ball uh, to to understand their calls and what they're the reason. The reason of uh, is uh, the, what's the reason for them making certain calls? And I thought that was very that was huge for me because yeah. Arthur Smith is a guy that started on the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. and then he went over to the offensive side of the ball so now as a play caller he understands and has the mindset of a defensive play caller and what he's thinking and that's why he had so much success uh, being a play caller because you've been on both sides don't mm-hmm. limit yourself right ask those mm-hmm. questions ask different coaches um, I even had a, had an opportunity to talk with uh, Terry Fontenot one-on-one uh, mm-hmm. because at some point his side of what he does and being a general manager and some of the mm-hmm. scouts let me know i want to i want to piggyback uh off of them and i want to pick their brain and be able to understand how they make certain decisions in certain areas or whatnot but you said it you you, you said it in the beginning i'm a person that loves to challenge myself in every way possible yes um i mm-hmm. am thankful for everything that i have in my life but i would never be satisfied and i'm always trying to put myself in uncomfortable positions Mm. so it allowed me to grow as a person um and i tell a lot of people is it tough right now being full-time at espn and doing an internship it is but it's it's the toughness that i wouldn't mind and i accept because if i couldn't do it um i wouldn't be doing it i feel Mm. like i can handle it and do i probably sleep three hours a night yes but it's okay with me as long as i'm grinding and getting it in it's all that matters
1: yeah, and you know, Harry, as I was listening to you talk, I was thinking so many things. Like, oh, where do I want to go next? But one of the things that came to mind as well, well, two people that were, uh, both all three of us are familiar with, and that was Marquise Williams and him talking about some of that mentoring that really has gotten him to be who he is as a special teams coordinator because he understands the game holistically. But well, also, Rico Allen used to talk about that all the time how he would ask mm-hmm. to go into some of those, um. Uh, offensive room, the running back room, the wide receiver room, the quarterback room, because ultimately he wants to be a coach and wanted to learn the other side of the ball as well. So I think for you, I, I have one more question for you uh, on the uh, on the Falcon side and on the, the mm-hmm. fellow side, but I also want get, to get to your ESPN piece there as well. But from a fellow perspective, I wondered how was it for you Friday because you've been a player, right? Oh, yes. And you obviously are still <laughs> an analyst, right? but you're going into that open practice for the first time as a fellow with a coach's mindset. So what was that like for you going into OTAs with that coach's mindset?
2: It, it was great. It was great. And to be able to um, talk to the young guys who haven't been uh, able to play in a professional stadium yet, especially as a professional, yeah. as they all are right now, that was good. And that's one of the things that I love about this organization because I think doing things like that, Mm-hmm. means a lot to the players and the coaches, oh, yeah. uh, especially young guys. And you never know what jitters you may be able to get out early mm-hmm. within some young players by doing things like that, having fans in the building. And it's also great for the fans to be mm-hmm. to, to be able to only have to pay $5 to be able to come in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, be close right. up, and watch players uh, go through a practice and see some of the new faces that are on the, that are on the team and uh, that join the organization this offseason and during the mm-hmm. draft. I thought, I thought it was a great thing for the Falcons to be able to do. But being in there, and I didn't get a chance to play in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but I am a person that played in the Georgia Dome, and mm-hmm. I love the Falcons since I was a kid. I grew up watching this team. So to be able to play for this organization, not only play, but grow up watching them and them being my favorite team, but now to be able to go into those doors at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and be, be able to go in there and coach uh, mm-hmm. for the organization as well, It's something that I will will always remember the rest of my life. And not only that, you mentioned my daughter and my my son and my mom and dad, my wife. uh, My nephew was able to come, being able to have them there and see me in that setting as well. And my daughter and my son yelling for me on the side. I had to tell them to be quiet. Daddy coaching. After after practice, Daddy will bring you on the field. (laughs) Right. But um, it, it was a thing of beauty. And I would say this. The guys uh, being able to practice in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you've seen the intensity go up a lot more as well. You've seen a lot of young guys like, you know what, hey, I, I need to make these plays. They're fans mm-hmm. and people out here looking at me, and this is their first right. time being able to see me live and in action. So you've seen a lot of those things um, uh, go on, on on that Friday practice.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I think the atmosphere there was really cool. And you Ooh. can even hear, listen, hear, Kyle, hear it in Kyle's pitch voice. He was like, yeah, man, it's good to have mm-hmm. the fans out here. Because, yes. you know, football players, you know, get into the camp and, and mm-hmm. practices and everything and get into the monotony of it. It's it's good to kind of switch it up and get out into the stadium. But, yes, change of scenery. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah. you just need a change of scenery. <laughs> <You're right. Exactly.
2: laughs>
0: you need that change of scenery, man. Lord knows it, it helps out a lot, man, as far mm-hmm. as going through the – when you're going to start getting to that grind. But, Harry, you mentioned something earlier about, you know, going out to Las Vegas. So I know you were following Mm -hmm. the draft really, really closely, man. And I know there was a lot of conversations about um, Desmond Ritter when he was drafted to the Falcons, and there was a lot of conversations about Malik Willis um, Mm -hmm. coming out and and, and him ending up with the Tennessee Titans. Mm -hmm. My question to you is, who do you think ends up having a quote-unquote better season? Who who's gonna be? Who do you think is gonna be more productive this year, uh, Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis?
2: So this is a tricky one because both of them have to do what they're supposed to do to even be the starters, right? You know exactly. what I mean? Because yep, yep. you know you have Marcus Mariota, who's right now the starter for the Atlanta Falcons, and mm-hmm. I played with Marcus his his first three years in the league, and he's mm-hmm. uh, been doing a tremendous job. And it's funny because I'm used to him wearing number eight, and he's wearing number one now. So his nickname <laughs> I, I call him was Ocho. So oh now when God. I he come in the meeting room, I'm like, Uno. Right. At no, so <laughs> so we, uh, we have a little joke about that. Right. Cameron Batson, who we just brought over from, uh, yeah. well, he was with the Tennessee Titans. I think I believe good. he was a free agent. Uh, mm-hmm. He just signed with the Falcons, too. He was like, man, I got to get used to calling them Uno now. I'm used to seeing them with number eight on. You're right. But Dez has, has done a great job so far. Um, I love his tone in the huddle. I love the command mm-hmm. that he has. And then not only that, when he's with the rookies, they're at the hotel and stuff right now, staying, staying and whatnot. But when they were at the apartments behind the complex, he would get those guys up and go through plays and go through things. Um, when they're doing some community service events, he have them on the bus going through plays and whatnot. Mm-hmm. On this off time, they're going through stuff. But I think him and Marcus complement one another, each other uh, very, very well. And I know Marcus is going to do everything that to help Dez out. And I know Dez if there's any way that he can help Marcus out is going to do the same thing. But Mm -hmm. it's great when you when you're able to have friendly competition on your team. Uh, Two guys who I had the utmost respect for Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. But I am a firm believer of having your backup quarterback similar to your starting quarterback. So if someone Mm -hmm. goes down and Lord the no one goes down. But if someone goes down, you don't have to uh, change up your entire offense or tailor your offense towards a particular type of uh, uh, player. You can mm-hmm. just plug him right in, and he can do the same things that Marcus did, or Marcus can do the same thing as Desmond did.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm I I'm coming for for my ESPN question. I promise you, because I got questions. But yeah. as a former wide receiver in the NFL, yeah. I have to ask you because you talked about competition, and Arthur Smith has mentioned that. And I love one thing that I really like and respect about him, Harry, is that he's consistent, and it's not just words. He shows it in his actions in terms of competition. He has said from day one. Pretty much last year, last season, no job safe. Every There's a competition at every position. And I think you mentioned Cameron Batson, one of the newer additions, if you will, to the wide receiver room. Again, showing that, hey, yes, we have, and I call it the extended wide receiver room when I talk to <laughs> So just follow me on that one. But yeah, we've got that weapon in Kyle Pitts. And then we drafted a weapon in Drake London. And now we're adding weapons like Brian All Edwards. Right. That room is Is packed out, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that wide receiver room and also how you think that wide receiver room could help out Mariota and Ritter because Jarvis and I have been looking at different pundits saying that they think the Falcons, you know, may end up with the third pick next year, maybe the fifth, and they're all pointing to who's under center. But Mm -hmm. I think that wide receiver room may give some good opportunities for this Falcons offense in the fall.
2: I believe so, and one of the things I think that stands out mainly is the size, the size of guys now. And I'll tell you what size does at the wide receiver position. It allows the quarterback, if he happens to be a tad bit off, to just still give the give the wide receivers a chance. You can throw it anywhere around their body. And guys mm-hmm. being so bigger and you have a smaller DBs, they can still go up and make the play and make the catch. But I'll start with a guy like Drake, Drake London. They drafted him eighth overall. And for a guy that's six four, the way he's able to sink his hips and get in and out of breaks, but not only that, the – his feel for the game he just has a natural feel and a natural knack for the game of football on how to get open at the top of route so I'm really looking forward to to him and then the will that he presents every day to get better and wants to learn and and just be that guy mm-hmm. um, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing him you look at Auden Tate they brought him in another big body guy he's doing well uh, Ga who played at Green Bay at one point uh, mm-hmm. with with a guy like Aaron Rodgers he's 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 another guy with some size he's been doing a tremendous job um, who else do we have Brian Edwards being able to trade yeah. for him uh, Las Vegas Raiders and uh Brian Edwards to me when he was coming out of the draft he was kind of mm-hmm. my diamond in the rough he's mm-hmm. he's a guy that I that I thought that was going to be able to um, have a, a nice career in the National Football League. Um, and then then you have Cameron Batson. You have Alameda Zacchius, who I think is the more, mm-hmm. probably if, if not the hardest working guy on the Atlanta Falcons roster, he's up there. He has to be top two or top three. Yeah. He's done a tremendous job being able to show these guys how to practice, what to expect every day, and how to go about your business. So he's been the ultimate pro. And mm-hmm. then you have other guys here, Hodge. We call him Red. Hodge is a guy that, that has doing red very very well as well. He's played, mm-hmm. I, I believe he. I think he played in um, Detroit last, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. But the room is full of competition, and you want that friendly competition because, listen, competition can only do two things. It can up your play or you can fold. Mm -hmm. And which which, which end of the spectrum do you want to go? But I think the most impressive thing out of this group is that you have so many intelligent football players, guys that can attain – information and go out there, especially with it's new things you're putting in, go out there and and, and, and run it on the field and not have any men, mental errors. So that's one of the things that, that that I've been so excited about is that these guys are very, very intelligent and they can't wait to get out there and make plays. And they're going hard. When I mean they're going hard, man, they're going hard. And they're going to provide some stuff for these, for these quarterbacks to be able to uh, throw the ball to. Love it
0: yes indeed well Harry man we we definitely want to uh say thank you for for joining us man and and uh kicking it with us for a few minutes like I said this will not no. be nope. the last time you come on this no. show man and uh <laughs> and uh like I said man do um many blessings to you my brother on the on yes. the internship and and congratulations yes, again yeah, man do for ESPN you. dude just doing your sure thing you. dog you hey do man like, I, I look at you like a brother, my man. I, I'm rooting for I'm you ready. right here on the sidelines, my dog. And uh, when we'll, we'll see you again. And uh, that's Harry Douglas, former Atlanta Falcon wide receiver, former uh, Tennessee Titan ESPN employee. We wanted to say thank you all for joining us real quick, but don't go anywhere. For the Culture is next. We'll be right back, right here on ATL Day 1s with part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta final segment of ATL day ones with Jarvis and Tanitri want to just say thank you thank you thank you for rocking with us we hope you enjoyed that Harry Douglas interview make sure you watch it 13,000 times I promise you <laughs> you'll enjoy it every time uh, but we also <laughs> want to say thank you for um continue to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel which is Locked On Sports Atlanta we are a part of that there are a, two other shows on this channel as well Hitting Hard with John Chuckery and A to Z with Mark Zeno. Make sure you check them out, too. They got a lot of good stuff for you. And we are pushing, pushing, pushing towards 2K, 2,000 subs. We want to make sure y'all be a part of that. If you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting on? Come choose you today. Like, come on now, choose you today, you know, you to kind of get the milk and don't want the cow, like, you got to get both of them things, or however that saying is, I don't know, I just butchered that. All right, this is for the culture, y'all. Um, this is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, and sometimes it's whatever the hell we want to talk about. I can mess up sayings that people have been saying for the longest <laughs> ever, but, you know, we're we going to try to get this thing back on track. T, when you sent me this story, like, I know I say that a lot, but... I just really just wholeheartedly believe that this is probably one of the more interesting things that I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. All right, so earlier on in the show, I teased that you know Snoop Dogg has some has a staff, you know, and one person's job description is to roll blunts. Now, what is a blunt, Jarvis? For all my folks are done with it. All right, a blunt is a cigar. Where they take all the guts of the cigar, all the tobacco out of the cigar, and they uh, insert marijuana. And everybody knows Snoopy's a uh, Navit smoker. So, yes. you know, he needs his stuff handled. Like, you know, he's getting tired of it. he have been doing it for so long that he's getting tired of rolling those things up. And so he <laughs> hired somebody. And there was a, a Twitter account that tweeted out that the person that does that makes between 40 and 50 grand a year which Is not a bad salary now. That's, I know some people may look down at oh, that ain't no money, but think about what he's doing, and right. you know, you're getting to kick it with Snoop, you know, so
2: yeah, it's yes. not
0: a couple of benefits there, right? All right. And Snoop, um, had just so happened to find a tweet, mm-hmm. he quote tweeted and said, Hey, inflation, so that uh, so the price going up, like this yes. is the boss saying, Hey, it's inflation um and uh yeah it's time for for he got a little raise or whoever he or she got a a nice little raise for Mm -hmm. doing what i asked him to do you know doing that job very well so shout out to snoop for you know being a good boss how about that
1: shout out to snoop first of all for being boss enough to be able to hire somebody just to roll it up for him that's it's where like I the the roll up, man. What <laughs> you know, it took me back to this old school, old school. Saw, you know, roll it up, my homeboys. Yeah, and uh-huh. I was like, oh, Snoop has graduated from his homeboys rolling it up for him, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> He's just to pay somebody to do it. I think it's a beautiful that's thing. PhD
0: stuff, like yes. that's PhD level type stuff, right? there. Oh, like, yeah. That's like, the PhD I really of,
1: get, yeah, I really couldn't get past that part, but. Once I got past that part, I was like, you know what, that is such a snoop thing to do to like show love. If, you, if you're if you doing something for him and you're rocking with him in a good space, in a good place, he is going to absolutely take care of you. And I thought to myself like, hmm, you know, when I was in college, I definitely was restricted about the jobs I could have just because of like my academic schedule and all the stuff mm-hmm. I was doing at school, right? And so mm-hmm. I went, I only had two jobs that entire time. One of them, well, it was the same thing. One of them was, oh, God, I'm not getting enough to do here. I'm bored out of my mind, but I can't study on this job either, so I got to quit. And then the other one, it just got kind of dangerous going back and forth between the campus and the the job, so I ended up quitting. Mm -hmm. But I got to tell you, if that would have been a job in college, especially because you know me, Jarvis, I don't smoke and I don't drink, never have. Mm -hmm. So I would have been perfect for Snoop Dogg because he wouldn't have to worry about me like basically smoking up my own supply of what I'm rolling up for him, so I would have been like the perfect employee for him, right?
0: Yeah, like, yeah, would like you good. would have been the absolute perfect employee, yeah. and but you
1: know, also I'm really neat, so you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it would have been rolled yeah, to
0: per- like perfection, like <laughs> yes.
1: like that's oh that man. was a,
0: that wasn't right. Let me go ahead and get that. Let me get that right. little leaf off of there, right there. Right. Make exactly. sure that's not and too I moist. Confidence.
1: <laughs> so I would never. He wouldn't have even needed to for me to sign one of those. NDAs, because boom, I wouldn't have told anybody what was going on anyway. You, you go over there, you do you, and I'm just going to be over here neatly rolling and making my 50 grand, and knowing that if inflation <laughs> kicks in again, my 50 might turn to 60, and who knows? I might become the assistant, and then I might be, you know, like I might move up the chain. Like, yeah. man, you got to look at the bigger picture of what this could be for you. Man, I'm mad. That's, I'm mad.
0: Man, I am mad. I love me some Snoop, because, you know, he is just he evolved from Doggy world to yes. drop a gospel album. And I'm just like, right. man, this is dude, and just it works. constantly evolving.
1: And I love it. I love yeah.
0: it. I love and it. It. Yeah, so, it
1: actually works. And speaking. you know what? Speaking of evolution, Jarvis and I continue to evolve and we continue to bring you the ever evolving sports landscape here in Atlanta. So don't forget to come back and join us on Monday as we Just appreciate you guys, of course, for rocking with us as always. And hey, after you check us out today, you know you're going to want to check us out again because it's been a great show. Tell everybody else to check us out. And then tell them to go check out and Heart with John Chuckery. So for Jarvis, I am Tanitra, and we appreciate you guys for joining and supporting the entire Lock On Sports Atlanta family. Have a great weekend. Be safe in the MATL streets.
0: Y'all come back now, you hear?